Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the merriest podcast on this side of my front door. I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome to the Winter Special. Since today is the Winter Solstice, the longest, darkest night of the year, I thought we could cover some winter traditions and winter folklore and see where some of our holidays and traditions today come from. And of course, I'm doing the Solstice Equinox specials anyway, so this is just one of those. So yeah, hello, welcome. And like with the previous ones, this year I'm going to be looking at more European ones, and then other years we're going to look at other cultures and where their winter traditions come from and what they are. Before we start, I've got a couple of news announcements. Uh, Like I said last episode, I'm going to be traveling for winter, so I'm not going to have another episode out until January. Probably the second or so week of January. Actually, no, I think the third week. I think um, January 17th, because that's about uh, the one-year anniversary of the show. So I'm going to do a special one-year anniversary one for that. So it's just special after special, which is should be nice. Then also, if you haven't checked me out on YouTube, uh, you should check that out. I do some comedy videos up there once every 12 billion months. But, you know, those are a thing. Just put up a new one just a bit ago. If you're interested, uh, just type in the show name, Folklore of the Universe. It should bring me up. Or just put in my name. That should work, too. I don't know. But yeah, check those out if you got time. But I think that's about all the self-promoting stuff I've got, so let's get started with the episode. So I think first we're going to look at European winter traditions and uh, how those have led into like Christmas and stuff today. And then we're going to move on to uh, figures and characters. And then we're going to do the uh, start big and then look at smaller and smaller stuff. So let's get going with that. Modern-day Christmas can trace its origins to two earlier holidays. You've got Saturnalia, which is a Roman one, and Yule, which is a Germanic one. And both those are about the same time, around winter solstice times. Let's start with Saturnalia, then. Uh, That was typically celebrated from 17th to the 23rd of December, so right there on solstice. And it was, a, uh, as the name implies, a holiday for the Roman god Saturn which, not the person of the rings, this was someone else. A Saturn was the Roman name for Kronos from Greek mythology. Saturn was seen by the Romans as being this sort of agricultural figure, and was thought to have ruled over the earth back during this previous golden age when there was plenty of resources, uh, lots of food, no one really wanted for anything. So Saturn was a bit of a foodie, but then this ended, he stopped ruling, and bullshit started, people starved, didn't have enough of stuff. So Saturnalia, the holiday, was sort of temporarily recreating this previous age of having everything and everything being great. Because this was a religious holiday that played a big part in it, so a lot of rituals and offerings, uh, sacrifices, and of course it's a national holiday too, so schools were closed, people stayed home from work to celebrate all the festivities. Interestingly, uh, many families would sacrifice a pig if they had the ability to, because that was a a traditional offering to Earth deities, which Saturn was. And also being tied to the underworld, dead gladiators were offered to Saturn as well. So they weren't killed specifically for it, but if they were dead from other causes, like being a gladiator, then their, their lives were offered up too. But there wasn't just religious stuff. 
Uh, there's also some social stuff too. So one was rule reversal, which you see a lot of times in festivals throughout history. This is one where social differences were sort of cast aside or reversed for a time. It's like slaves would be maybe allowed to eat at the same table as their master and of the same food as them, or sometimes even be served first and served on by their master. They could speak openly and disrespectfully without fear of punishment. So it's basically leveling the playing field, and again sort of harkening back to this time when everyone was equal and living in plenty. Gambling was also a big uh, pastime during this time. A lot of people did that. Uh, the, typically, coins and nuts would be the stakes. And according to writings, that was hugely, hugely popular. Like, places were packed with people gambling. Also, specifically, on the 19th of December, there was a day of gift-giving, where people would give presents to each other. It's like the kids who would get toys. Uh, sometimes people would get sort of gay gifts, like joke ones. Um, and people would also sometimes attach on little verses of poems, which would be given along with gifts, sort of like greeting cards or holiday cards. Also, during uh, parties, Saturnalia festivals or parties or gatherings, one person would be appointed the King of Saturnalia, and their rule is that whatever ridiculous rules they came up with, everyone had to follow them. So they were the symbol of madness and chaos. So best job at the party right there, like you could take all the shrimp, you could have people dance around and do all sorts of goofy stuff. Like that's, that's key stuff right there, that's point. You can see then that a lot of modern Christmas comes from Saturnalia. It's about the same time, you've got your roast pigs, uh, gift giving is a huge part of it. Uh, gambling, not so much, that's sort of fallen off. But still, we can see some of where these traditions come from. And in fact, the reason why Christmas is celebrated on December 25th is because in the 300s, Pope Julius I decided that Jesus' birthday should be celebrated on December 25th. And we don't know why he chose that, but one uh, thought is that he decided to have a, a holiday celebration around the same time as Saturnalia for Christians. So while the Romans were all partying, the Christians could party too. So they weren't stuck just sitting at home, twiddling their thumbs. So not only does Saturnalia give a lot of traditions to Christmas, it also gives its day of when Christmas is celebrated. So a lot of influence. But it's not the only source of influence, because we also have Yule from the Germanic peoples, who, you might know, were not part of the Roman Empire. Some of them were, but for the larger part, the Germanic peoples were never conquered. In fact, it was pretty much the other way around, so the ones who took down Rome and ransacked it. Much like Saturnalia, Yule was celebrated around the winter solstice. Which makes sense, because this is one of the, if you got basic calendars in astronomy, you can tell when the solstices and equinoxes are, because they're significant days in the Earth's year. So it makes sense that holidays and celebrations would revolve around these natural days. Especially in back when winter was kind of shitty and people were starving. Celebrating the longest night of the year, which marked the time when it would start getting lighter and warmer out, would be a big deal. You could see the draw of that. And Yule also had some religious connotations and sacrifices, a lot of sacrifices, and feasting as well. So somewhat similar to Saturnalia, it was a time for giving thanks to some of the Earth Gods, and also just enjoying the Earth's bounty and the Harvest Bounty. Odin especially, or his counterparts in other Germanic religions, was sort of the big focus, like he's the, he's the OG. Let's talk about some Yule traditions now. So one that's still sort of done today is the tradition of the Yule Log, 
which back in pagan times, you would get this huge bit of wood from outside, from a tree, and you would keep it continuously burning over the entire Yule holiday. And then at the end, it wasn't entirely burned, and you'd use that little bit next year to start the next Yule log. Then this little burnt over bit that you uh, kept around all year was supposed to ward off uh, bad fortune and keep everyone healthy and happy and evil spirits away. And this whole tradition of the Yule Log is still around today. It uh, survived from paganism into Christianity and some places still do that. There is also a Yule Boar, which is a traditional food feast item. So again, you have the idea of eating pig ham bits on Christmas or winter solstice which again we see today, so both Saturnalia and Yule had that aspect. There was also a Yule goat, who may have been connected to Thor, or Thor-like deities in Germanic paganism, because Thor's chariot was drawn by two goats. The Yule goat was also thought to be a thing of good fortune, and how it was celebrated was uh, different from place to place and time to time. Sometimes people would dress up as the Yule goat, sometimes they'd make little goat figurines out of hay or corn or Corn meaning grain, of course, but little goat figurines to keep inside their houses to keep things happy, ward off the evil, keep keep good stuff going. And again today, a little goat is a common Christmas ornament in Scandinavian and Germanic countries, so it's still around. The final Yule tradition, which is a really cool one, is wassailing. And that refers to two things. There's an activity, wassailing, and then a drink called wassail, which is like a hot mulled cider that houses would make and have a big bowl of. And wassailing, the action, was to go door to door and sing in exchange for some drink from the wassail. And yeah, there was two versions. There's the town one, where you do it from door to door in houses, then a country one, where you do it from different orchards. But same idea, and it's what became modern Christmas caroling, where you go house to house and sing in exchange for maybe a cookie or something now. So you can see that a lot of traditions we have now comes from Yule and also from Saturnalia. So different aspects of these have grown into modern Christmas celebrations. And this holds true for many Christmas figures too. For example, Santa Claus. You may be surprised to know that Santa Claus was not invented by the Coca-Cola company. He's actually an old pagan figure who gradually morphed into what he is today. So now we're going to look at his origins, where he comes from, and then other Christmas figures that sort of surround him. Now, obviously, one source of Santa is St. Nicholas, who was a saint back in um, Roman times in Anatolia, and he was the patron saint of, get ready, this is a long one, of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, prostitutes, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, and students. So a pretty big list of um, responsibilities there. Uh, his reputation, he was also known for secret gift giving, which maybe you see a little connection there, giving gifts, yeah? Maybe? No? But this wasn't all of it, because uh, St. Nicholas, he's not that similar to Santa besides the gift-giving. So what happened was that he merged with various pagan figures to become what we have today. One of these pagan figures was Odin from Dramatic Mythology, who, as I've said before already, was already tied to Yule, winter solstice time. And Odin was depicted in this time as being a lot like Santa is now. He's old, got a big white beard, He's uh, cloaked, he wears a uh, blue hood and blue robes instead of red, but he uh, rides through the sky at nighttime on an eight-footed horse. And then he also brings gifts around this time, visits people, brings presents. So we've got a lot of traits that Santa has of traveling through the night sky on winter time, bringing gifts, 
you can see how that merges with the gift-bringing aspects of St. Nicholas. There's also a figure from Finland called Jolupuki, which uh, literally means Yule Goat in Finnish. And he's also a very Santa-like figure. Um, he's this pagan entity, old man. Uh, this one, he wears warm red robes, traditionally, so this is where the red comes from. Uh, he uses a walking stick, and his sleigh is also pulled by a number of reindeer, which are uh, very common in Finland, especially northern Finland. The indigenous Semi people there are reindeer herders and use reindeer for a lot of stuff, and they actually have reindeers pull sleighs, which are on the ground. And uh, this entity, his sleigh also travels on the ground, it cannot fly. But you can probably see how the ground sleigh pulled by reindeer with this winter figure and Odin flying through the sky on his eight-legged horse would merge together, then wrap up with St. Nicholas. You've got the red robes in there, the gift bringing. So all this comes together with these similar traditions merging with paganism and Christianity to form what we have now with modern-day Santa Claus. And of course, everywhere had their own little regional variants which mixed into this. Like in the British Isles, there was Father Christmas. Uh, in Russia, there was Dead Morose, which we talked about earlier. So all these typical ideas of old men coming in wintertime to bring gifts or do good things all merged together to form Santa. So it seems like it was originally, even in pagan times, a sort of widespread idea across Europe. And in some places, like the Alps, Santa didn't actually travel alone. He uh, sometimes had a companion with him who was Krampus, who you may have heard of before. There was a movie a bit ago about him. Krampus appears as this humanoid goat demon, and his job is to punish the naughty children. So instead of Santa rewarding the good children and punishing the bad, Santa just rewards the good ones, Krampus just punishes the bad ones, so each have their own respective jobs. Krampus does not bring coal though, that's not really his speed, he's very environmentally conscious. Uh, he just will either beat children with like birch rods, like birch, birch tree sticks, or if they're really bad, he'll put them in a sack and carry them away to his lair, where they'll be tortured or killed or taken to hell or whatever else he does with them. So a bit more hardcore. Like, if you're a kid back in pagan times, or even more recently, because Krampus has persisted all this time, um, you want to be good because that's a lot. That's a lot worse than coal. Like you can use coal, you can't. You can't use being dragged away to to Krampus's lair. There's no no going back from that. And like I just said, uh, Krampus is still around today. Common traditions, people will dress up as him around Christmas time and make mischief, perhaps. And there's still the movie about him, so a very cool figure who I, I quite like. I'm glad he's getting into the popular conscious worldwide now. Then also, Santa's other more famous companions are his elves, which supposedly live up north with him and make all the toys and whatnot. These are much more recent, these sort of emerged in the 1800s, but they stem from this idea that Santa himself was this not-quite-human figure, that he was almost an elf or supernatural entity himself. So you do have this idea that, surrounded with Christmas time, are elvish and magical figures. So I guess you could say that Santa isn't an elf. Santa is THE elf. The head big elf, big E, that's him. So we covered uh, where Santa comes from and where a lot of Christmas stuff comes from. Just going to finish up with a couple more traditions and then we'll call this episode a wrap. So let's get to that. So the, the only one we're really going to look at now is Christmas trees and wreaths and sort of holiday decorations and where all that comes from. 
The Christmas wreaths come from Saturnalia originally because the Romans would actually hang wreaths and other greenery around their house during that time for decorations because it's sort of symbolizing life returning to the world because it happens on the darkest, longest night. After that, you've got longer and longer days, so you're sort of welcoming warmth and light back in with your plants. Christmas trees, on the other hand, are more of a Germanic tradition from Northern Europe. Their origin is more recent. It's commonly attributed to medieval slash Renaissance Germany or Germanic areas, and it's tied to the Protestant Reformation, where this tradition began of putting a bunch of candles up on evergreen trees. There are some possible older ideas that fed into this because um, obviously the Tree of Life was a thing in the Bible in the Garden of Eden, so that was a big Christian idea. And then pagan Germanic peoples uh, held trees in special reverence and would sometimes worship specific ones, so that could have fed into this too. OG decorations would be stuff like flowers made of colored paper like roses, also apples, wafers, tinsel, uh, sugar, candy, sweetmeat type things candles, so pretty different from what we've got now, but um, you can see where some of these origins came from and how as industrialization took over we could swap those out with more standardized decoration stuff, uh, less perishables, because decorating your tree with food sounds just like a recipe for disaster. But of course it grew in popularity and spread and just became associated with Christmas time, especially in North America, in the United States, because it was mostly Protestant too. So it sort of took on this strong foundation. And then when electricity took over, they could swap out the candles for Christmas lights, and it all became what it is now. So this is where Christmas time in Western world comes from. It comes from these the old traditions like Saturnalia and Yule, so you get stuff like the caroling and the gift giving, and then uh, you have these old pagan figures who would fly around and give gifts. Those merged with Christianity with St. Nicholas, and then other traditions started cropping up like Christmas trees and all wrapped into what we have today, which is super commercialized, but there's still the old uh, traditional roots underneath it all. Those are still, still going. So thank you for listening to this winter special. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you learned some more about where our winter holidays come from over here for Christmas and the like. If you're interested in a sort of folklore-y Christmas time movie, you should check out Rare Exports. It's a Finnish movie. I think it's on Hulu. And it's uh, based off Finnish folklore, like I was talking about a bit here. But it's very cool. It's a creepy one. So if you like sort of horror Christmassy movies, check that out because that is really good. It's a top, top tip. Talk recommends from from me to you that's my christmas present is this movie recommendation and also this episode and of course if you don't celebrate christmas or don't really give a shit about it don't worry because i will be talking about different winter traditions next year so we'll move around and cover hopefully everything at some point but that is all i have so i will see you in january i hope you all have happy holidays whatever you celebrate or do and I will see you when I see you. So I've been Kyle. This has been the show. Tell all your friends about it. And goodbye.